Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Well, I'm just going to try to support what the Spirit of God's already been doing. I think it's just really cool to, um, you know, this has been a little bit different this morning, hey? Like just the people that are getting up and just sharing. And I think that's, um, that's a testament to how God is maturing us and strengthening us. And, um, and I think as well, too, to this house, like just the freedom that we're really trying to build in here for people to be able to get up and share what God is saying, what he's doing. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer, and I've preached this wherever I go. I'm like, I, I believe that the fullness of God comes through the body, not just the one. And as we stand up and we begin to share testimony, um, it really gives God glory, and it gives you a purpose. It gives your story a reason for being there, right? So that we can be encouraged and built up through that. And so I just want to just continue a little bit with, um, with what God's doing and the, the season that, you know, we're, we're in right now. And um, it's, it's cool. We're in 2022, and a lot of craziness was last year and the year before, and 2022 is upon us. We're nearing the end of February right now, and um, I always do a little bit of stock take, hey? Like, I always look back. I'm like, it's been two months now. What, what do I feel like God's been saying? You know, am I, am I aware of how God's been leading me and showing me? Am I falling in love with God more? Am I straying from the things that really strengthen my relationship with God? And, and so I've, I've taken a bit of time in this last month. I've uh, unfortunately um, been a little bit unwell. Just I had COVID and then I had a bacteria infection. And then I, everybody knows that I'm a really extreme person, not and I was on a paddleboard and I banged up my knee. And so it's all kind of happening. It's, a, it's, it's, it's actually crazy. So the last month I've been sitting on the couch a lot, really bored just because I can't move and I'm not supposed to move. And, but it's given me an opportunity, honestly, just to really look at like, you know, when things really suck, when things aren't going the way that I want it to, when we have rain like this, and it's amazing how it can just dampen the excitement. It can, rain makes you sleepy. Like it, you just want to, drink hot chocolate and watch movies all day long and just sloth out on the couch. I'm not sure if that's just me, but that's, that's what it does to me. But I've had this opportunity to really look like, God, what happens when all of this is going down and all I have is you? You know, is, is Jesus really enough? You know, like the scriptures say, if we, if we want to walk in the spirit, like when you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? And so, Walking in the Spirit's really important for us as Christians so that when stuff goes down, when bad things happen, when life isn't as exciting as it should, God is still our source. We can be sad but still be filled knowing that God is with us. We can, we can be sad in life because we've lost loved ones or things aren't happening the way that they should, but we can still have a deep assurance in our spirit that God is with me, and that is enough. Like, that is the strength of our relationship with Jesus, is that when everything else goes sideways, when my marriage isn't going where I want it to, when my workplace isn't as exciting as I want it to be, when I'm sick, when I'm whatever, all of these things, there has to be something that anchors our soul into something greater than just our circumstances. And that's where Jesus comes into play, right? And I want us to look at a scripture. Um, if you guys can turn there, it's Romans 12, 2. 
It's a really powerful, powerful piece of scripture. I'll just start in verse 1, Romans 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's a powerful place where, you know, how, how cool would it be if you knew the perfect will of God, you knew the, the perfect will of God. In every situation that you face in life, whether it's easy, whether it's hard, whether it's sad, you would know the, the perfect will of God for your life and for the circumstances, right? I think that'd be pretty epic. That'd be kind of like a Superman move, right? Like he's got all this strength and he can fly and stuff. But the cool thing about us is that we've got the supernatural living in us, right? And so he gives us the ability to understand things that we shouldn't understand. He gives us the ability to know things that heaven desires about our lives and, and, and earth right here in your work situations, relationships, that you technically shouldn't know, but you know because you're connected to a supernatural being, and his name is Jesus. And this is such a powerful thing, right? Like we can, we, we've heard these scriptures, but we can gloss over them really quickly, and it can just become a Sunday school thing that once upon a time we learned, right? And, um, and our Sunday school teacher got us really excited about knowing the perfect will of God, and because they're excited, we're excited, and then we grow up and we realize that life is kind of crazy. And to put our trust in a God that I can't see is pretty crazy. Everything is pretty crazy. We're looking at all the flooding. Here we are praying this morning while it's still raining. Is God real? Right? Here we are declaring, God, step into this Ukraine-Russia situation. We're going to get home this afternoon, and we're probably going to he still hear stories about Ukraine and Russia. So is God still real? Why do we pray? It's a good question, isn't it? Because if it just becomes a religious thing that we do on a Sunday or that we're told to do because the preacher at the front said so, it's not going to be enough to sustain us in our own personal moments where things are just too tough. They're just too hard. What is the perfect will of God? Let's just go back to Romans 12, 2, and it says, Now do not be conformed to this world. The way that the world thinks and sees and understands is not the way that heaven thinks and understands about worldwide situations. You know, God wants us to intercede, and so this morning is great. Ben actually let us in that, interceding for the nations, praying for them, knowing that when we pray, the Bible says that angels are released as ministering agents, moving and acting as we co-create with God. It is actually a wild and outrageous thing that God is inviting us into, but we sometimes forget in the midst of our own storm. I can agree with Ben when, it has, like, when it's not impacting me, and I can do it with all faith and joy and excitement, 
But when it's my own battle, it's hard to pray. It's hard to believe. It's hard to know that my relationship with God is enough. But this morning, guys, this is the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. People getting up and sharing and praying and declaring in the same way the Spirit of the Lord wants to move upon your circumstances and teach you how to mature in Him. Renewing the mind. Now do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we renew this thing right here, it says when we renew this by the reading of the word, by the fellowship of the spirit, when we renew ourselves in that, it says we will begin to understand the perfect will of God. Friends, that is an amazing thing for us to understand. When we don't feel it, it doesn't matter, we understand it. When we pray and it still rains, it doesn't matter because we understand what we're doing. We're engaging in warfare. We're renewing our minds. We believe God instead of what we see out there. It's a crazy thought. It's outlandish. It's nuts. But when we look at the word, if this truly is the plumb line of our lives, if this truly is the word of God and it's powerful and it's sharp and it understands your thoughts, your imaginations, the intents of the heart, this is a good thing for us to begin to read and to understand and ask the spirit, come show me, teach me. And this is what we find in church denominations sometimes. Is it's, it's all word, 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 word. And if it's all word, you're going to get a puffed up head. And then we have some denominations that are all spirit. And they're, you know, just swinging on the chandeliers. And everything's about emotion. And everything is, you know, thus saith the Lord, the spirit of Elijah, wings and wind and air. And, you know, and all of a sudden we got no grounding in where we're going with, with all spirit but word and spirit coming together is what leads us to life. His name is Jesus. And so when we come to church and, and we hear someone preaching, we hear Ben, you know, preaching, you hear today a really great thing to just be mindful of is Holy Spirit actually wants to explode revelation on the inside of you. So what that means is he wants to give you understanding there's the word, but the spirit is within. So when we call on the spirit, we say, would you teach me what is being preached? Would you land something in my life that he's preaching on today that can make me a better person, that can make me more like Jesus? Does that make sense? So it's this coming together with word and spirit, renewing the mind renewing it renewing it and not letting what's happening out there destroy your faith because it's a crazy thing that we're called to as christians just need a couple people to help me can i get someone to read ephesians 4 23 i'd see some hands to go up ephesians 4 23 who's got that kirsten colossians 3 2 Who's got that one? Cherie? 
Psalm 119, verse 11. Who's got that one? And then Psalm 119, 105. Who's got that one? Thank you very much. So as soon as um, whoever had Ephesians 4, 23, if you could, uh, maybe I'll ask you to stand up just so that we can really hear and just belt it out so that we can all... Sure, yep. Put off the old. That's the old man. And we're stepping into the new. Like this is actually what it means to be born again. Is you are dead to the old man. And now we're living alive in Christ. It's good. Colossians 3.2. Thinking on things above. On the earth, there's lots to think about. Would that be a fair statement? We all are doing life. And so we all have our stories here on the earth, right? So uh, that was Colossians 3, 2, Psalm 119, 11. Do you need the microphone? I don't know, hold on. 119, 119, 11. I have stored up your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Psalm 119.11. What's really great about that, guys, is when, when you understand what the Bible says, when, when we start reading the Bible, it's amazing how we begin to understand God, what pleases the heart of God, and what doesn't please the heart of God. And then Psalm 119, 105. Who had that one? That was... Sorry. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the word of God is really important to us. Now, why do I say this? Like, why, why does this even matter? You know, like, I think there's some obvious reasons as to why this matters, but it is actually crazy how many people actually don't read their Bibles. It is actually insane how many people blow the dust off their Bible once a year, once every two years, maybe on a special occasion. And I'm not here to condemn anybody that's done that or isn't doing this on a daily basis, but what I want us to understand is, is that if we want to know the perfect will of God, if you want to know the will of God for your life, if you want to understand who Jesus really is on the inside of you, reading the Bible is so important. Fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I mean by that? Acknowledging Him, waking, waking up in the morning and just saying, good morning, Holy Spirit. Are you going to sound weird to the people that, that don't understand spiritual things? 100%. 100% that's going to be weird. But for you, it's not weird because you know that the spirit of the sovereign of the Lord is upon you to, to go and do good works. To go and fulfill the purposes that God has laid upon your life, has destined for you. 
So we don't care about what other people think. We want to step into the things that God cares about and thinks about. So fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit is such a powerful thing. Acknowledging Him, understanding that God is with me today. At the lights, when it's red. And there's people doing weird things in different cars and you want to swear. God, thank you that you're with me. Jesus, I just want to pray for that person right now. Like how do these things can just sound really Christian and weird and sound really like just, I don't know, like that just seems too good to be true. But I'm telling you, the Spirit of God wants to renew the way that we think. He actually wants to change the way that we think. It's normal out there to curse and swear and to get upset and angry about every little thing. But Jesus wants to show you a different way. And it's hard for us to understand that if we're not fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and actually reading the Word of God. Then the pursuit of our life becomes our business, our work, the excitement of more money, the excitement of a relationship, the excitement of everything except becoming more like Christ. Those are great things. Relationships are great. Business is great. Money is great. But, it, but when that becomes the pursuit of your life, you're in dangerous territory. Because thou shalt not have any gods before him. And when God says things like this, it's actually for your benefit. It's so that we can actually walk in the way that God created us to walk. So it's like him saying, when you pursue that before me, it's like a cancer growing in your body. I want to remove the cancer so that you can live free and whole. Does that make sense? Now, I actually seen this really interesting thing. I forget the guy's, forget the guy's name. He's an American, um, American preacher, and he does trends in the church. Um, so he's done a lot of studies over the American church, and um, it was just really interesting. Um, this is, there was a lot more, but I just copied and pasted a couple things that he, um, he actually shares in this, in this document. And he says, um, this is an American study only, uh, but I'm sure that it probably relates to the Australian church as well. It says, fewer than half of all adults can name the four gospel accounts. Fewer than half. So that's, so 50% of the church can't even say Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So what that reveals to us is that we got a church filled with unbelievers. Does that make sense? What's crazy about this is that instead of having believers in a church, we have people in a church that don't know God, but they believe they're going to heaven. This is crazy, guys. 60% of Americans cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. 82% of Americans believe that God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. Let me say that again. 82% of Americans believe that God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. It sounds so good and so true that it sounds like this could be gospel truth, right? But guys, as we begin to read the Word of God, we, we, we understand that that's not the Word of God. Now, how would you ever determine that that is not the Word of God unless you're reading the Word of God? Does that make sense, guys? 
Don't feel condemned if you're a little kind of loose in your day-to-day with Jesus, but I want to support what God is doing this morning. He's giving you a voice. We're stepping up. We're beginning to engage with God in new ways, right? Among born-again Christians, 81% believe that the Bible teaches the primary purpose in life is to take care of one's family. That that would be the primary purpose. And it sounds so good because it is a good thing. And actually, the Word does talk about, you know, like a man providing for his family and making sure that he's working diligently and putting food on the table. This is a really great thing for us to do, right? But our primary purpose is to worship God. It's God first, and then everything else falls in a line. But often in our lives, in Western Christianity, we can see that it's really about living for myself first. And if the worship is wonderful, well, that's awesome, that I feel really good. And if the Word of God preached is really awesome, it makes me feel wonderful, well, then I'm cool with that too. And if work is going well, then I'm cool with that too. But there's a renewing that God wants to bring within us so that we can stand in the midst of our storms. Because if all we have is our experiences, and that's what I believe, you're going to fall short. It'll carry you so far, but the Word of God is our anchor in every season. This is a thought that I had, guys. This isn't meant to be heavy. This is meant to be a thought-provoking thing for us as Christians. A thought-provoking thing. You know when we get to the pearly gates, one day, every one of us, we will end up standing before Jesus. And we've heard probably many sermons or thoughts and ideas around this. I know what I would like to hear, and I probably know what you'd like to hear as well. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in. And the gate opens, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's real, (laughs) right? This is so awesome. Well done, good and faithful. Well done, good and faithful. Man, wouldn't it be excellent to be able to hear those words from the mouth of Jesus? Well done, good and faithful. But what the heck does that even mean? This last month, sitting on my couch, looking at my knee, I mean, I just had a lot of time just to think, you know? And I began to think about this. God, what, what, what would it mean? What would it mean for you to say good and faithful? I asked a few people, and one person said, well, I think it would mean that we did good on the earth. With our life, we, we did good things on the earth. Now, that's pretty vague, pretty broad, And I started asking God for a couple specifics. This is not an exhausted list. These are some things that came to my heart that I think we could actually grapple with and go, what does it mean for me today in this season of my life to really be walking in a way that would honor God where he could say, well done, good and faithful. And the first thing that came to my mind was the woman at the well when Jesus meets this woman and... She's Samaritan, she's not Jewish, and she begins to say, yeah, well, the Jews say that we need to go worship in the temple, and he says, woman, there's a day coming, and it's now here, 
where you won't worship here or there. But God is looking for people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit, here we see it again, spirit and truth. To be born again, you must be born again. Your spirit needs to come alive and be connected to God. To worship him in truth. To understand that the truth of his word, that if this offends you, we need to go, I'm just, I'm just going to have to ask God to help me. Because if this is the thing that brings life to you and changes your situations, renews your mind, and helps you to understand the perfect will of God, then to worship Him in spirit and truth is really powerful. Living unspotted from the world. Well done, good and faithful. You've lived unspotted from the world. You don't look like the world. You look like a man. You look like a woman that has a heart for me. Sometimes we can think or we can say things like, well, I, I walked in miracles. I prayed for some people. And Jesus, do you, there's a lot of days that I went to church. I, like I, I never took any sick days. I never took any, any days that, you know, where, where it's raining or anything like that, you know. I actually went to church every single Sunday. But are these really the things that he's looking at? Or is he looking more at your heart and saying, hey, have you worshiped me in spirit and truth? Have I become the love of your life? Has my truth been the epic thing in your life? Has your desire to want to walk in truth changed who you are to look more like me? So living unspotted from the world, looking like Jesus. And I think every one of us, I know I can look in my own life and there's things that I can be praying and saying, God, man, I, got, I don't really have a lot of patience in this area. Lord, would you help me? Would you teach me? Would you show me how to look more like you? Would you show me how to actually bring glory to your name? It's not about being perfect in all of your ways. It's about being submitted to the Spirit of God and His truth in your life every day. Because sometimes it can be about perfection. Well, I can never do that, and so I'm not even going to try. He's not looking for perfection. He's already perfected you through the blood of Jesus. And so now he looks at you clean and righteous. And we just stay surrendered to truth. Stay submitted to it and say, whoa, that didn't look real good. Maybe I need to ask that person, you know, for forgiveness because I treated them kind of badly. Does that make sense? And the last thing that kind of dropped to me was the stewardship of gifts. And what I love what happened this morning was you guys actually just stepped up and maybe you're just thinking, well, that wasn't really a whole lot. You know, I just kind of stood up and I just shared. I just love what you shared, John. I thought that was amazing, man. It was so good. But people just getting up and praying and just sharing, like, this is actually stewardship of your gifts. Stewardship, right? Like not just burying it because of fear or whatever, but actually standing up and saying, how, how can I use what God has put in my hand? How can I do this and actually bless people and give to people and expand the kingdom of God and let my testimony actually become an encouragement for a non-believer to understand that God is real? Does that make sense, guys? 
Like, it's super simple, right? But the renewing of the mind is so important because the world is teaching us every day. Every day the world is teaching you how to think, how to feel, how to act. Just go and grab it, man. Run over people. It doesn't matter. You know, you look after numero uno. Look after yourself and things will begin to happen. Well, Jesus says, love your neighbor. Love God first. Give yourself to people. Love is not selfish, but always gives. So it's the opposite. So we're living in a world that is teaching us one thing, but then the kingdom of God comes and he says, actually, no, it's none of that at all, guys. Turn it upside down and you start getting it right. Read your Bible and you begin to understand who Jesus is in the kingdom. Fellowship with the spirit and you'll come alive in all of your circumstances. Give of yourself, be generous. When you have little, give, and more will be given to you. It's the complete opposite of the way that we've been taught by the world. That's why it's so important for us to know the perfect will of God. Because we live in a time and a place right now where truth, truth is something that is subject to what I feel. We live in a time and an era where the There's a mass exodus of truth in the church. A mass exodus. We have people that are beginning to believe all kinds of weird and perverse things, and they're counting it as gospel. And then we have confused moms and dads, and particularly young people in their identity and sexual orientation, beginning to believe things that are so demonic, that are so out there, that so have nothing to do with the kingdom of heaven, It destroys their faith. And it gives them a skewed perspective of God. And so here we go. We come into a church like this. We walk into our weeks with Jesus and something has to anchor us. It has to anchor us. The word of God has to anchor us. If you find it difficult to read the word of God, get it on audio Bible. Audio Bible is amazing. It speaks it to you. Your spirit can take it in. Listen to it on your way to work, in your mornings. The Word of God is what's going to teach you what the kingdom is, who Jesus is, and how we can live. And it renews your mind. It renews your mind. So we read the Word. We have fellowship with the Spirit. And we begin to understand what is the perfect will of God. Yay? (laughs) It's really, really simple, but it's so important, guys, because it's easy to just fall under the tutoring of the world. We're out there every day. You guys are in and amongst non-Christians all the time. They don't understand your faith, and why would they? They're not born again. They're still fighting everything with their mind. It's mind over matter. But in Christianity, it's actually submit to the spirit. Mind over matter versus submit to the spirit and believe God is going to take care of things. As we pray, God is moving. Well, I don't see it. Stop raining. God is moving. Because our faith is in something far greater 
than what we see. Yay? So we want to continue to build this and really encourage this in us. To be encouraged. You know what that means? To put courage on the inside of you. To stand up and to believe. When things are going to get tough, and they will, the Bible promises, it's not bad prophecy, it just, it just means that we're living life in this world and lots of stuff goes down. So what I'd like us to do, just as a bit of an ending, is um, I would love for us to actually pair up with somebody. Can we just pray this for one another? Like, that we had fellowship with the Spirit, that our, our hunger for the Word of God would just, it would just become greater in our lives our hunger for the word and fellowship with the spirit and we'll be strengthened we'll be strengthened and the adventure that you receive out of that is far greater than just here on a Sunday morning this is good guys but tomorrow is Monday and when we walk in fellowship and we're reading the word God begins to put you on mission all week long in your workplace could you pray for somebody in your workplace could you just encourage them and say man you're amazed and you can do it hey want to want to grab a coffee afterwards let me just talk to you about your marriage man. I, I just want to encourage you maybe I can help you in some way it's amazing how your life's purpose begins to accelerate when we read the word and we say submitted to the spirit and fellowship Cool? Right on. Let's get up. Let's find someone to pray with. And let's dig deep a little bit, hey? Like the, let's, let's really dig deep a little bit and find, like, God, what would you really want to say? Is there something? So Holy Spirit, we just want to give all of this to you, and we thank you that you're with us in Jesus' name.